Hello and welcome back to another episode of Autism Squared. This is Mayu and on today's episode I'll be discussing speech therapy. I'll explain what speech therapy is including bilabial sounds. I will also go over what to expect at your first therapy appointment and how to practice speech everywhere you go. I will share my experiences and tricks that I use to get my voice to talk as well. The autism spectrum goes from verbal all the way to completely nonverbal. This means that some kids will have a full conversation with you while others may only utter sounds. In between, on the spectrum, you'll find children that might speak in short three to four word sentences or phrases, such as, I want milk, please. Some may say one to two words like milk or milk, please, or want milk. So at your initial speech appointment, you're probably wondering what to expect. And what happens is that the speech therapist will begin with a general assessment of your child. You will go in for about an hour in which the therapist will go through multiple tests to decipher where your child falls on the speech scale and how he or she can help that child. Speech therapists assess both expressive and receptive language. So you're probably wondering what that is. Expressive is how the child communicates outwardly. It refers to how your child uses words to express himself or herself. Receptive language, on the other hand, is comprehension. So it refers to how your child understands language. According to the Children's Hospital in Minnesota, children with speech difficulties usually present with the following difficulties. A young child with language difficulties may have, for example, poor eye contact. You will notice that your child is playing or doing his own thing and is not really looking at you when you speak to him. Also, they might have difficulties with interacting with other children. Another thing you might notice is that your child is parallel playing, which means that they're sitting next to a child playing with them, but not necessarily interacting with them or looking at them or playing directly with them. You know, there's no engagement there. They also might have a limited spoken vocabulary. So that means about less than 50 words at the age of two. You also might see difficulty following directions, um, specifically two-step directions at the age of two years old. Um, One-step directions, for example, would be like... um, you know, get me a cup or pick up your toy. Uh, So they're only doing one thing, but by the age of two, they should be doing two things at the same time. For example, get me milk and a cup, Um, pick up your toy and put it away in the toy box. So those would be like two-step directions, for example. Your child might also have difficulty communicating wants and needs. And what that means is that they want to eat or they want to drink or they want to play with a certain toy or they need to go to the bathroom, but they can't really tell you. And that usually causes a lot of frustration, uh, tantrums, crying, yelling. And so, you know, the goal for speech therapy is to find out if they in fact have this difficulty and how to help them. Now, if you have a preschool aged child, uh, preschool aged children with language difficulties may have difficulty with the following as well. They might have an issue retelling stories. Um, at four years of age, they should be able to do that. For example, you know, hey, what did you do? What did you do today? Or what did so and so say to you? They should be able to tell you at that age. Now, they also might have difficulty using the right words. For example, they might use 
me instead of I. So like if they want something, they'll say me want it instead of I want it. So pronoun uh, use is usually wrong as well. Um, they might have issues producing new sentences or they might uh, like meaning the, or their own sentences. So they might want to repeat words and phrases from movies or TV shows that they watch. Um, and that's how they use those phrases to communicate with others. So all of a sudden a child might, you know, what may say script, what we call scripting. So that means they might use a thing that Mickey Mouse had said uh, when they were watching Mickey to another child and it might be out of context and the child might think, well, I don't understand why is he saying that. Um, children can script an entire movie or an entire episode, not just one sentence, and they might repeat it constantly. So repetitive language or um, ecolalia, which means they'll say the same thing over and over again, um, is something that speech therapists will notice as well. Now, for the, again, for the preschool-aged children, um, they might have a hard time answering questions about themselves. Like if you were to ask your ch- that child, uh, what is your name? How old are you? Who are your parents? They might not be able to know how to answer those questions or not, might not be able to because they're nonverbal. Also, they have a difficulty uh, interacting with peers, and you'll see this as a commonality through most or all ages of children with autism as they have a hard time with uh, socializing or interacting with peers. Um, Now, as far as school-aged children with language difficulties, they'll have difficulties using the correct grammar um, or putting words in correct order for um, any questions and sentences. They'll also have a hard time answering WH questions. And what we mean by that is questions that begin with who, what, when, and where, and why. So, you know, why did so-and-so do this? They won't know. Uh, Why are you crying? They won't be able to tell you. Um, Who said this to you? Uh, They'll have a hard time answering. They also have a hard time completing academic tasks, such as memorizing facts, um, sequencing stories, um, and organizing verbal information. So, you know, if you say, give them, you know, you tell them a story, like for instance, Jack went up the hill and then he ran back down with Jill, you might ask questions about that specific story, like who did Jack go with or come back down with, um, and they won't be able to really answer it or they won't even know the sequencing really of what happened. Um, and then they also have a hard time interacting with peers as well. So during the one-hour assessment, um, the speech-language language pathologist, which is interchangeable with the um, speech therapist, they will collect information about your child's medical history. Uh, they'll go over developmental milestones. When did your child say certain words? When did they start babbling? Things like that. And they'll also take down any um of your concerns. And that's really important for you to share with them because you deal with this child 24 seven and you're able to, you know, see what happens on a regular basis. And these concerns can help the speech therapist pinpoint certain issues that they would need to work on with your child as well. So depending on your child's age and the skills they have for communication, the pathologist may also uh, look for the following things. They may collect a language sample um, 
So what they do is they put, like while your child is, is playing, so when the child is actually on the floor playing with toys, they will look at your child to see if they're making eye contact, if they're playing with the toy correctly, um, how they're playing with the toy, um, and that's really important for them to decipher um, what the child does on their own. Then they also try will try to engage your child in conversation. So they might say like, oh, Johnny, why don't you hand me the ducky on the floor? Um, or do you like playing with this toy? Uh, so they're trying to get them to say things or nod their head or you know see if they're communicative at all. They'll also, also ask your child to follow directions. And depending on their age, it's, it increases in complexity. So, you know, it might start with, um, can you put the ball in the box? Or, uh, you know, as a child progresses in age, they might say, you know, can you put the ball in the box and then hand me the box? Um, so they'll increase, you know, the amount of directions that they will give to the child as well. They'll also ask your child to answer questions about stories that he or she has read or maybe the speech therapist has read to them. And again, that depends on the child's age and where, you know, with their comprehension and uh, their abilities at that point. And they'll give them what, you know, they consider standardized language testing. Um, and that usually t typically involves things like identifying pictures, following directions, answering any questions, and describing certain pictures at which they will also assess your child's articulation skills. So they'll see whether or not they could say certain letters, how they say them, if the words are said correctly, if they're able to say words or sentences. Um, and they'll look at, you know, if they're uh, able to put pronouns in correctly, things like that. So once they get the results, they'll give you the recommendations. Um, and they'll discuss it at the end of that evaluation. And they will be able to tell you the appropriate language therapy that's recommended for your child and what you can do at home as far as activities. Um, they'll show you, uh, you know, what you can do to keep practicing because with speech, it's a 24-7 thing. You have to practice with your child constantly. Um, and so you might wonder, well, what should I initially bring to this evaluation once I go? Typically, they will give you a speech language intake packet and that packet will go through things like, um, ask you, you know, milestones. When did your child first begin to talk? What are some of the words that you hear them say regularly? Can they say one or two words? Um, how many words total do you think they say? I mean, there's so many different questions about speech and it, it goes through expressive and, um, and, you know, comprehension as well. So receptive and expressive is on there to see how much your child understands. Do they follow your directions? Um, things like that. So, you know, you would really need to answer them honestly. I know when I was going through them, you know, sometimes I would think to myself, well, I'm sure that they understand that. I mean, you know, I, I tell them to do this and they do it, but you really have to be very honest because, you know, you can't just say, well, I think they know, like actually write things that you know for sure they know because that will help the speech therapist help you and them actually. And so you'd also, so you'd bring in the speech language intake packet with you. You'd bring in any copies of your previous evaluations, including an IEP or an IFSP. What that is, is an individual uh, education plan that's given to you by a school district here in the United States. Um, and if your child is receiving any services through the school, they'll, you'll also bring that information in because uh, here, I, I live in New York State, so... 
in New York State, they do give you speech therapy in school for free. And so the speech therapist there might be working with your child and all the speech therapists want to be on the same page. So they might ask for information uh, through that. They also probably want results from a recent hearing test. That was very important because we took our children to get them um, a hearing test to assess whether or not their speech difficulties were due to uh, issues with their hearing. Thankfully, uh, it w- they were fine. And so uh, it's important for you, if you haven't already, take your children to an audiologist or, or a hearing specialist and get their hearing assessed. And the way that works, if your child is nonverbal, they'll have a series of, uh, you'll go in with your child and they'll have a series of beeps and see if your child turns which way, uh, in any which way that the beep was given. And that'll tell them whether or not they're hearing it. Um, if they're re- verbal, clearly they'll tell you yes or no that they heard it. So that's how that works. Now, when my children went in to the speech therapist for the first time, the speech therapist used the same assessment for both kids as they both were nonverbal at the age of two. Um, So the speech therapist will take into consideration that your child is nonverbal and they will still be able to test their expressive and receptive languages, uh, language skills accordingly. Since my kids were nonverbal, the speech therapist sat the child, each child down separately um, and took out a booklet of pictures. The pictures were of various uh, fields. For instance, there's one picture on one page, and it could go up to four pictures on a page, depending um, on what she was looking for. And then she would ask the child to point to the baby, for instance, on the page. And then she would ask the child to point to the cup on the page that had a few pictures on it. Um, for example, uh, there might have been a cup, a spoon, a fork, and a plate, and she would say, you know, point to the plate um, or point to the cup to see if they could differentiate between the different pictures. Um, and so, you know, that was important for her to to get knowledge as to their receptive language. Can they understand and also are they able to point? Now, she also took out cups, plates, spoons, etc., and asked the children to put the spoon in the cup or to put the cup on the plate. And that was basically testing also directions and seeing if they're able to follow the directions. She also asked each child to put uh, puzzle pieces um, of a car, for example, in its place. So she used um, like a, a big piece wooden puzzle that had about six pieces of carved out Uh, cars or vehicles or letters or whatever it is that she's using at the time she asks each child to place a piece of the puzzle so for instance she'll say can you put the car back in the puzzle can you put the train back in the puzzle or the bow or whatever it is that the carving is out of and they look to see if the child can match the pictures uh, because the actual board has the pictures cut out in it and the pegs are used to put you know, picture to picture. So car goes in the car spot, train goes in the train spot, for example. But they also use um, puzzles or pictures to do associative match, which means that an example is like when, you know, can you match the toothbrush with toothpaste or straw with juice? So those are two different things, but they do go together. So that also tests comprehension as well. Now, of course, the older the child, the more extensive the test is. And there are going to be different milestones to hit for each age group. So keep that in mind as well. Now, once speech therapy begins, they typically begin with what speech therapists call bilabials. The word labia means lip and the word bi means two. So bilabials means that you use 
your lips to make these sounds, two lips to make sounds. And that the sounds we're looking at for bilabials are three letters uh, of P as in Paul, B as in boy, and M as in mom. And these are consonants that you would start out with by themselves. So you would say to your child, B or P or M, and you try to get them to say those letters. And the way you would do it is you would use puzzles, toys, or anything that they love to play with. Um, that would be great. My um, children, you know, they loved different puzzles and alphabet and things like that. So I would use those to get them to say certain things. For example, um, if I had a puzzle and it had various pieces, like let's say six or seven pieces of animals. So before my son is able to put the duck in its place, I would say, say, puh. And if he can't say it, then what I would use is my forefinger and I would point to my mouth. Now you have to make sure that your child is actually actively looking at you because it's hard for him to imitate or see you if they don't look at you directly. So the biggest challenge is to get them to look at you. And so once they do, I would put my forefinger up to my lips and I would say p, p, or b, or m. And if they still don't get it, then I would put my finger, my forefinger on their lips and I would say say or say mm, say b, and um, so what happens is over time the expectation is is as soon as I touch my hand to or my finger to my mouth or to their mouth they know that they're supposed to say it, and so you can also work on vowel sounds separately like a e i o u, you know you'd say ah say e say o say u, um, try to get them to say those words and again point to your mouth and point to their mouth to get them to to prompt them to say it. Okay, now once your child is able to say these consonants, then you can start using what's called CV words or consonant vowel, such as BA, which is ba, PA, which is pa, or MA, which is ma. So you break it up. If they can't say pa, ba, or ma, then you'd say, say pa, say m, a, say b, a. And once they can get that these are two individual sounds, then you could try to combine them and say, say, ba, say, b, ah, say, ba. And you have to repeat and repeat and repeat. It will be a long process, but the more they hear it, the more they'll understand it and they'll be able to say it and repeat it. So once you get through that, then you can do a combination of what we call CVC words. That is a consonant vowel consonant, such as bab, bob, bob, beeb, bub, um, so you'd use that consonant, so B-A-B, then you'd put in, so it's consonant, vowel, consonant, then you put in B-E-B or B-I-B or B-O-B, B-U-B, and you do the same thing for P, so pap, pop, pip, or for M, you do mim, mom, ma'am. Um, and so again, you first have to start with those three letters and then slowly build up to a consonant and a vowel and then eventually a consonant vowel consonant and then you can move on to other letters once they've gotten that now please understand that this is a slow process it can take months to get a child to get the sounds out and sometimes even years if you're having difficulty with a particular letter sound so we had speech therapy twice per week since they were about two years old now they're seven and we have increased it to three times per week 
Initially, the two times per week sessions were about 45 minutes long. And the reason why is it takes a few minutes for the child to acclimate to his surroundings once he or she is in the therapy room. Now, the child would go to the way it was set up where we went. Um, it was a children's speech therapy uh, area. And uh, the child would go to a toy room and pick out toys, puzzles, or books he or she would want to work with. And they would go to the therapy room to start the session. Z, my son, was obsessed with the alphabet, so he would pick out puzzles, books, and toys that had the alphabet on them. L, on the other hand, loved vehicles, so he would do the same with anything that had, you know, bolts, planes, uh, cars, trains, anything with wheels, basically, was what he would love to play with. Today, the sessions are about 30 minutes long. Um, In school here in New York State, speech therapy is provided for free, and um, the children get two 30-minute sessions individually, so on their own, one-on-one with the speech therapist, and then they get an additional 30-minute session as a group. So in the class with the rest of the students, um, they have a a group session. So that's a total of three sessions for 30 minutes. Typically, speech therapy is about 30 minutes, um, just so you know. So with intense speech therapy, we were able to get Z to speak in short sentences and increased his comprehension by leaps and bounds. Um, L can pronounce most of the letters of the alphabet, but still has a hard time saying words. So as a result, the school district decided that he would benefit from an AT device, which is an assisted technology device. And that is simply an iPad with the ProLoquo 2 application downloaded on it. And it's spelled P-R-O-L-O. Q-U-O and the number two, Proloquo 2. It's an application that you can download onto any iPad really. And it's a speech application that will help your child talk. And he's able to speak to me regularly now um, because of it. Uh, You're able to download this app privately, um, you know, at home. But if you are in a school that gives it to you, uh, for instance, in New York State, they do give it to us. So it's for free. And it's basically consists of pictures and words in which he's able to press certain buttons and it will speak for him. And let me tell you, that has been a godsend. So now he's able to speak to me regularly and it has also calmed his outbursts and cries down so much that they are so minimal at this point because he's able to communicate. He turned into a different person. He's so much happier, is communicative and playful. Um, His expressive and receptive languages have grown exponentially and am now able to see what he knows and what he has been, he's been storing in his head all along this whole time. He basically pushes pictures or words on the device and it speaks for him. So an example would be like, he would say, I want to watch Madagascar, which is one of his favorite things to watch. Now, Z was also given an AT device, but it isn't as extensive as L's because he can talk. So they don't want him to just rely on the actual device. They want him to speak more, but he can use it. It simply helps him when he's stuck and he can't communicate it effectively. He'll start to cry or break down because he can't get what he needs to get out. So what I do is I'll pull out the device and say, okay, show me what you want since you're having a hard time telling me. And that also has helped us as well. So I hope that this episode has helped you figure out a starting point regarding speech therapy. 
Uh, it all feels so overwhelming, but please understand that with time, it will get better as long as you're practicing with your child all the time. Please start early. As earlier you begin speech therapy, the better the outcomes are. Don't wait on this. It's critical to begin as early as possible, even if you're doing this at home. If you can't, for instance, go to a speech therapist or you can't afford a speech therapist, then you can use these tips that I gave you to practice at home. And they're simple as just playing with your child and just asking them to say the letter every so often as they're playing. It shouldn't be work. It should be fun for them. And without realizing it, they will just start pronouncing certain things. Um, I practice everywhere with my children, in the car, at the park, eating dinner, playing, wherever I can get them to say something. If they want anything from me, they have to try to pronounce it, uh, a letter or a word or anything to try to get what snack or treat or whatever that they want. So with that, I hope you have a great week ahead. And until next time, this is Mayu on Autism Squared.